0: The Polar Talks 2015 are brought to you in association with SAS Scandinavian Airlines. The next talk will be about a young industry which has developed in recent decades. It has gone from simple but clever entertainment into something that really has the potential to become the synthesis of arts, containing the best of everything. I speak, of course, of computer games, video games. We're going to sort that out. And to discuss this, please welcome Composer, Johan Söderqvist, spokesperson of the Swedish games industry, Per Strömbeck, music composer and sound designer, Elvira Björkman, and creative director, Stefan Strandberg. So, Per, you're the spokesperson of the games industry in Sweden. Can you just give us a hunch of what this is, both in Sweden in, and in the world. Uh, how many people are
1: playing? And economically, how,
0: how big is this?
1: So we made a conservative estimate, uh, looking at the figures or so number of players from some of the Swedish hit games. Uh, and um, we, we found that uh, 700 million people play Swedish-made games. So that's one out of every 10 people on the planet. And that's <laughs> a conservative figure.
0: That's fantastic.
1: We like it, yes, and it's yeah. growing. <laughs> We're, uh, Sweden is blessed to be successful in many different areas. We have successful mobile games. I'm sure you, many of you have played uh, Candy Crush Saga. I won't ask you to show hands. Uh, it's a guilty pleasure for many of us. We also have hit games in the traditional action genres like Battlefield. Stefan will tell you more about that. And we have Minecraft. So there's a wide variety of, of hits Uh, in different genres. I think that's one of the um, main factors of the Swedish uh, global success. Okay, Thank you.
0: Stefan, Mm? so media in general cannot be defined as before, obviously, and the games have changed. To me, I actually thought that Pac-Man was I mean, that was already the ultimate game, but I've realized that it's changing. What is it's really bridging between platforms now, and we're getting to that a bit later, between films and gaming. What new role do these computer games have? And is there any truth in saying that they were more of simple entertainment before, and now becoming an access to
2: multiple worlds in a way? We have been playing games since the dawn of hen, I would say, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so gaming as a cultural phenomenon is so old I I just think it's transforming um, through the technologies that are available and sometimes the gaming industry is driving that, where the platforms are going or where the audience is Um, but uh, um, it's a it's an en- it's an en- enormous question you're you're asking well, um, i like those yeah okay <laughs> yeah. so i can be as loose <laughs> as you <laughs> in my answer uh, um, because none of us are in nostradamus or um i just think in terms of change um the technology have allowed games to become i would just go more spectacular in a way but also we can see uh, um, um a more social layer to it that uh, actually makes uh, a lot of uh, pointers pointing in the direction that we are actually craving for quite simple entertainment i would say uh, even though you know even though the industries could support big triple a blockbusters things with real actors in it and majestic bombastic orchestral score down to the very 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 minimal uh, type of entertainment on 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 your phone so i think I think it's it, it says something about our craving for games in general, that we, we play a lot more perhaps today, and we're much more aware of games today. Mm-hmm. Than, uh, it's not a niched little thing that happened in a, in a boy room in the 1980s anymore. I think people can see that, like your mom is playing and my mom is playing no, she is actually. Yeah, everyone yeah. is playing. Yeah.
1: Stefan's mom just beat Alphonse's mom no. on word bubble.
0: Okay, <laughs> not the
1: mom. <laughs>
0: I told you that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so
0: well, thanks. That's that's a, not very loose at all, actually. That was a good, uh, you gave us a a, a good picture of, uh, out of that. I, I would like to hear with you, Elvira, though, how you would say that that the role of music in game has changed, if it has, if you compare it to the eight-bit games and and. The music today. Are, are there any trends in which the direction is going?
3: I would say that the role of music is kind of the same. We define the role of like the music is there to, to um, apply to the immersion of the game, to psych up the player, or feel emotions for the player, to like transfer the player directly to what the game designers want, or something like that. Uh, so the role. Like that for music in games is still the same. However, this like the way of how we do it have changed quite a lot. Um, when we had 8-bit music in the 80s, and also a little bit into the 90s, uh, it was more like um, more like pop music almost. Like it was very catchy tunes and melodies, and very towards that that it was. Going, uh, supposed to be catchy and psych the player up to like go in the same pacing as the game, maybe over like a platform and jumper and you had this very high, pass, pace, uh, yeah, high pace where you like and the music was yeah, kind of the same like very upbeat usually uh, in the 90s we had a bit more of the emotion things going on more and more and more, uh, more than just like everything going heavy. And I think the role now is more that, since we have so many types of games, we need so many types of making music. We have dynamic music that follows what the player does. Uh, If we're going into battle, we have maybe a battle music, and it has to transfer really smooth into some kind of uh, stealth, sneaking around thing where the enemies are just close by. Till the most beautiful piece at the staircase in the hidden waterfall that you just happened to like find in this open world environment, uh, and you have to like apply all these kind of thoughts into it. Uh, when it comes to their like trends, I would say that if we're going from the more catchy tunes we have been in a couple of years now more inspired by Hollywood and movie uh, soundtracks with a lot of bombastic Hollywood uh, strings and orchestra tracks Uh, that's been going on. But it has started to change uh, a little bit towards the 90s again, I think, actually. Much more broader in genres that are being used. It's not just orchestral anymore. We have like pop tracks and, and guitar tracks or jazz tracks in all kinds of different games, uh, especially with the indie game movement that has been going on for a couple of years now. And it's bringing us very new kind of like life into, mm. t- into the music again. Um,
0: so but how much of this is feeling, the feeling of what you want to create, and how much is analysis? Has that changed from, or was this, as Stefan says, sp- probably something that has gone on, a process, f- forever. And, and, but the music that was created you know, 10, 15 years ago and the production now, yeah. do you analyze it even more, really, that you have to do this kind of music because this is the effect that you want? Or do you have...?
3: oh uh, Yeah, well, uh, personally, I do analyze it quite a lot. I uh, try to analyze as far as I can. Uh, into a sense I'm doing a lot of technical things I'm doing usually the implementation as well, but that's very different from composers to composer I've been talking to. Um, but in the end it's like the emotion I mean it's music. <laughs> of course, the emotion is the core of it, and that's like Im- the music will touch the player's heart like more directly than anything else in the game. so you kind of need to discuss with uh, the team what they tried to create before they have created it. Um, maybe going from concept arts and stuff like that, and that's more an analyzing mm. part, I would say, of the music you want to build up. But you also have the entire game to think of, of how you want to build up the entire soundtrack from, instead of the entire song, it's the entire soundtrack you want to kind of build, and um, what you want to do that.
0: Good description, thank you. Yuan happens to be my favorite film music composer, actually. You've done so many good films, with Susanne your Hollywood films, you're, you're writing for The Bridge right now. Why, and, and you are actually, you know, it's quite nice actually having you here as the newcomer. Uh, so you're getting into this now. Why? Yep, why, why are you doing this?
4: I feel very misplaced here, actually, because <laughs> the last time I played games was in the 70s on the swimming hall in Tabby. You know, these <laughs> arcades games, you know, with the cars and stuff. So I feel it was really great to hear <laughs> this with <laughs> museum games. But it's actually, I think it's about experience, to experience something new. Uh, because if you do a lot of films, it tend to, I mean, even if it's really good projects and you do really great films, it tends to kind of be a bit the same. After a while, I mean, um, you'll always put your heart into it and then you will always do the best you can. But still, this is something new, something different. And I think you're also targeting another um, uh, possible audience. Uh, I mean, I went with my son to um, a game shop this other month, and there were people from like two years to 50 years in there, and were like females and males, and everybody was very kind of excited about the new games and the new stuff and I was like, wow, is this happening? You know? It was a, there was so much energy in this kind of, and I, I, I to be honest, I didn't know that. Uh, and it's, it's kind of the new, it's like a new genre that's kind of growing from beneath and up. And, and it's, it's getting really big. And I think it's, uh, so for me it's uh, doing something new, trying out, and I think, I totally agree with you that it's all about uh, emotions in the end. It must be. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, you can talk about analysis and you can talk about uh, theories and stuff, but once you're um, subjected to uh, music, you will always feel something. Hopefully, you will feel something. And that's where you come in with uh, this ability to build worlds, to build musical worlds, and um, personal sounds, and, you know, to create something uh, that that will stick with people, um, both... Emotionally, but also energy-wise, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so I think it's, uh, I think it's like in the core, it must be, I think, I want to think that it's kind of the same. You, you have to create something great and then you put it to another platform, but it's still this uh, to, uh, um, to find the sound of the game or find the flow or find the energy
0: or whatever it is. Well, I, I know you as well, you, you like challenges. Yeah. So, what is the biggest challenge in this? T- to play games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was the right I, yeah. answer, but <laughs> yeah, but I don't.
4: That's my problem. I, I I sit with my son, and I really don't know how to do it mechanically. I'm really bad, so I, I'm trying to start. You know, like a little little child to try to cope with all the. It's so much energy going on. I mean, in the game, there's so much things happening at the same time, uh, and I'm really old, so it's kind of. A lot of things go past me, but but otherwise, I think it's more about. Uh, I think it's. I have this urge. Uh, we had a discussion before before this meeting about film and and game and similarities and differences, and I think I have this urge that it, they, it has to be a possible way to merge them in a great way, where you could have the energy and the playfulness of the game and the emotionality of the music to kind of blend together into a bigger one. I don't know if it. Has been done. Probably, it's been done a thousand times, but I don't know. So I, I think that's my my dream scenario.
2: You're, a you're of touching of upon sort of the, the immediate challenge inside uh, making games. I mean, uh, just to clarify for for everyone, there's a lot that is not unique about creating um, music for for games. There's probably eighty percent of it is share is shared with other types of uh, media integrations. Um, so music for film, music for, for games, it's a lot, of, a lot of time very similar, and then also separates the sort of conceptually conceiving like trailers for, for Super Bowl in America is a it's completely different task than doing working with interactive music, which is the, uh, the only thing, as we said, that is our unique aspect of making music for games, is the interactivity of it. And so I think... Um, Everyone has to sort of follow that thread and go... Wh- the challenge of it, the challenge and, and what's unique about it is the interactivity. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I can see uh, that. But yes. in, in films, you want people to feel something right? at so the right
0: moment, but here you yes. also want people to do something. And the music the right is sort
2: mirror. of always... It is the emotional truth, mm. even in games. It is, it is the, the you can pl- and you can play on that as a designer as well and go... this is a power fantasy here, but it's accompanied by the most delicate piano. So so that that can, whatever you want that to be, of course, can be very much directed by the composer uh, uh, and the musical aspect of that. So regardless of interactivity, Mm. but um, still, uh, the power in it lies in in those user stories and the authoredness of... of, uh, the player feeling that it is his world and mm. his stories. Uh. But could you
0: elaborate then on, we're talking about the Swedish creative industries, we're talking about Stockholm being the hub. What is especially Swedish in, in the gaming industry? And, and there are fantastic people working on, on games in Sweden, yeah, I'm going to ask you the economical part later, sure. but the, <laughs> okay. the creative part. Me, so what I is it that, that really, I'm really in curious. Uh, in,
2: my, in my world, or in, and, and I think uh, you'll have, have a different answer from Elvira, a but in my world, so p- a person speaking, from what I've seen in uh, what makes it Sweden successful here, to me, it's not so much about Ideas, because I think there are great ideas of the entire planet. I'm sure. Um, I, I've what I've come across um, in my years is an enormous conviction and determination, uh, and the climate inside uh, the company with, that I'm with, at, at least that that supports that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was somebody said that in the in the panel prior to this as well. There's a, there's something with uh, the way our companies function. They're sort of flat, but they're yet n- they're not flat because they also imply that there's, um, we're a, a multicultural um, company with m- many people coming from all over the world. But still, there's something in, inside the Swedish um, gaming industry that I think is enormously um, um, I don't know, fruitful or like it's um, nourishing of creativity. It's hard to put my words on it, what, what that is, but I, fe- I feel like that would yeah. be my
3: response. Yeah, we, uh, I would totally agree with that. I would add upon that is that uh, we also have a super nice community mm-hmm. in games development, at least. The gaming community might be another story sometimes, mm-hmm. but the games development uh, in it, we meet up almost one Thursday every month <laughs> on different bars and talk to each other. And that kind of uh, spirit of meeting your uh, even competitors and everyone else in the, in the industry, that spirit kind of comes with you when you go into the, to the studio and work there as well and meet people. Like Everyone is very relaxed. In, in a sense. Uh, in that way, then of course, we're stressed too because there's a lot of things to be done. But Deadlines. Yeah, a lot of deadlines. <laughs> but I think t- that kind of community really helps with creativity because you're not as afraid of discussing a little bit of um, concepts and ideas in a way mm. uh, and share with each other a little bit. And as we f- we far you can sh- share. We least. share a lot <laughs> of problems <laughs> like
2: across studios. So then
3: yeah.
0: Well, I see things clearer now. We have bars in the music industry as well. <laughs> so, I get it. No, but I think that's, you have a very good point there. And yeah. also bridging over to, to also competitors, actually. I think we have that kind of... Maybe it's because we're not that big as a country and we know each other. But, you have an overview um, over the gaming industry in, in Sweden, certainly. So, would you agree that this is... No, yeah. The Swedish say, gaming wonder? Or?
1: Yeah, there's definitely something there. And, and you know the easy way out, if you can't really put your finger on it, is to call it the X-Factor. Uh, there was a music television show by that name, but, so I think you may have the same problem in, in this industry, the X-Factor. Um, and I was impressed by the previous panel on fashion because they had such a clear view of what was a typical Swedish flavor in fashion. Uh, and overseas people talk about a typical Swedish flavor in games, but I can't put my finger on it. I I can't see it. To me, my X-factor easy way out is that it's something that you can if you can see it if you're not Swedish. It's only visible from the outside. Um, Because what is... You know, using the same examples as last time, what does Battlefield and Candy Crush Saga and Minecraft have in common? I I don't know. I don't... I mean, you could... If you dig deep, you could find the Swedish flavor. So, for example, Candy Crush is a puzzle game about candy. Candy is the typical Swedish thing. We're the only country in the world where grown-ups <laughs> eat candy. So there's stuff like that, but I don't think that really nails it. So don't overanalyze, that's <laughs> what you're saying. But I'd like to agree with Margareta van den Bosch, what she said um, on the previous panel. That Wearable? wearable, yeah, because we can, Uh, no, but um, that we bring our organization culture with us when we travel, I think that's true for DICE, you open an office in Los Angeles, and I've heard a lot of stories how how you um, uh, endeavored to keep the Swedish company culture inside Los Angeles, so there's definitely something there, and I I should point to one success factor, it is um, for sure, all the stuff that's been mentioned, and, and Swedish is, Sweden is a small home market, so we had to early go to a global market, for example, so mm. we've had a history of turning our um, weaknesses into our strengths, if you like. But it's the organization culture, it's the collective mindset, it's the team efforts, it's the ability to work in groups, to put the individual behind the collective. If you look at... The music industries—you have rock stars. We don't. We have one. His name is Notch. He's an exception. Uh, it would be very strange for Stefan to to um, take a step in front of your team like a film director and said it was my vision. These guys helped. You couldn't do that. They—they they would kick you, right? <laughs> so uh, in 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 games, creativity is connected to the group rather than the individual. And if that's that's probably true across the globe, um, but. We're very good at organizing groups, so all the stuff that people talk about, um, Luther and Jant and all that stuff, I think those are actually our, our strengths, our unique selling points. And I also have a soundbite before I, I forget, because this is in memory of de Andersson and... Uh, He he was part in making ABBA great. And Battlefield, uh, that uh, Stefan has worked on many incarnations of Battlefield, is the biggest Swedish culture export since ABBA.
2: That's fantastic. (laughs) Now let me not take all the credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we expect it's you. It's an entire team working <laughs> on that,
1: <laughs> not me. We want the prize, though. You have to donate 42 million
0: kroner. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but you won. Yep. Then it's almost as we, um, well, uh, as if I tried to compare a static film industry with a changing gaming industry, which is not the case, obviously. This is something that. Probably and hopefully be even more interlinked in the future. Just a few words on the film industry. Do you, do you think, do you see the film music having developed lately in the last 10 years, the way you work? I Is the, are you getting closer to this kind of, of situation also in the film industry? I mean, you definitely work in
4: teams. I mean, I would uh, sign on every word uh, that uh, the strengths, so I wouldn't talk about Sweden, not even Stockholm, I would talk about Scandinavia actually. Because if you talk about uh, a film, in, if you're in, uh, in the States, they would definitely say Scandinavian film. Mm. So I think it's a bit uh, narrow-minded to talk about just about Sweden. Uh, because you have great directors and great actors, but they kind of inter—they go to Norway or to Denmark or to Sweden. They go, you know, we have basically the same language and we have the same culture and the same understanding of uh, uh, emotional context and stuff. Um, I have a problem with the word film music. That's kind of a s- basic problem I have, mm. because it's uh, film music is not a genre. Film music is a word. I mean, if you're doing a, a musical, you would have like 40s music, and if you're doing a Ingmar Bergman, it would be a classical cello. It's, it's like, it doesn't say anything. It It basically says that it's music put to picture, but it can be whatever. So I don't know if it's uh, in in that respect I don't think it's changed. I mean it's definitely changed with the big blockbusters in the state just like you said uh, with this big Hans Zimmer of uh, Hollywoodish uh, huge uh, you would probably know inception or batman you know these big films. Uh, they put they kind of uh, set a standard for big blo- blockbuster mu- music style. Whatever, but under that, underneath, underneath, that, you have all different uh, kinds of genres with uh, a lot of um, uh, what do you call it? In um, you know um, more moods, such as the mainstream, but, uh, um niche, what niche? Special yeah, uh, small, small, smaller films yeah, and documentaries, you know, art yeah, house. yeah, art house yeah. V- yeah. things. So you will yeah. always have the big spectrums, and I don't think I've seen you know. Uh, you can tell me. I don't know. I, it's like an always evolving thing where you would have individual um, talents coming up with new sounds and new directions and new uh, uh, styles or ways to uh, put music to film.
0: Absolutely. But since I have been working you know, most of my life with that as well, yeah. I do see that the work coming out has a lot to do with the process, the way you are actually working with other people and also technology and in, in, you know, what the results are actually will become rather than that, so I I agree on that. But Livira, can't you give us just a few hints uh, on how you can manipulate with music? Because I read a few of the studies being made uh, where the music in games obviously can make anyone perform even faster, not always better, sometimes better, but but also in driving tests, uh, the ones with music on the side with the car, uh, with the car sounds, actually, also did the greatest number of mistakes. They hit the most cones and people as well. Actually, so <laughs> talk about <laughs> dangerous music <laughs> in this. So, um, do you have any of these where you know that? Okay, I'll do this, and they will do that.
3: Oh yeah, you should send me those studies. This Sunday. Yeah, yes. they're very interesting. <laughs> actually, uh, I would say that um, it's very like combined with the game design thought. Like, uh, in game design, you always think about the player. In game development, you always think about what will the player do when we do this. And it would be the same a bit with music sometimes. Sometimes it's just the emotional setting, just, you know, bringing that kind of setting the environment up. But in the cases where we want the player to do something, it would be very tied to well, the examples I actually already gave before, uh, with the... when you go into battle or when you sneak around, I mean, those different kind of cues is very, you know... You can give that kind of cue that, oh, the danger is it's over. And you, get the, uh, you can lure the player to be more relaxed if you want to scare the player later with some kind of jump scare or maybe in... Um, Horror games—they do that quite a lot. They lure you into some kind of safety uh, with the music, and you have heard this music in the like safety zone hundreds of times. Suddenly, it's not a safety zone anymore, but you still hear that music, (laughs) so you feel safe because you have heard it while you've been safe. But. Yeah, so that's one example of how you could use it in a sense.
2: And that's also how you can trick people. Yes, you can oh. trick
3: people, but yeah, you can it's manipulate very interesting. people. Yeah. I
2: think you're making a great point also about um, that the music does never exist in its own space. It's always there with, with the image um, and with w- what's happening on it. I think people work isolated with the music in, 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 uh, in, a, in a separate space is the least successful product, I would say, but it's when it's integrated well, when it's used to both manipulate and uh, support, Uh, that's when it's the strongest, I would say.
0: I couldn't agree more, but the next steps, what would that be? I asked Frederick Rousseau from IRCAM before here as well, we always seem to be in a position where we feel that, wow, we've achieved a lot, we have the technology now, we have basically everything to do what we want, but What's your vision on, on the future? Five years from now, wh- what will be the <coughs> big difference in, in
2: gaming? Uh, no, I would never answer that. I, I think this industry could be so disruptive um, in the way it works, so i I'm probably re- really, really regret if I said where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I've asked this question on
0: so many topics, and everyone answers, so I kind of get the feeling that you actually know. <laughs> so, but I'll, I, I'll respect that. What do you say, Pa? What,
1: how do you see the future
0: of, of the gaming industry?
1: It's really bright. I wish mm. I had my shades because I would put them on. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's, um, the industry has always grown because new players came. It used to be we made games for the local audience in Sweden or the Nordics. And then we found out we should make games for, glo- for the world, but uh, a world of nerds. And now, uh, recently, we just figured out that we should make games for everybody. And everybody plays, because it's... I mean, the the difficulties you were talking about, you know, the Xbox controller has 18 buttons. It's like learning to play the saxophone. It takes a long time if you don't grow up with it. But with, you know, touchscreen interfaces and things like that, it becomes accessible. Or music games. SingStar, you take a mic, you pick it up, you sing. Anybody can do that. Or... um, we Fit is a board, you stand on it, and then you play. It's anybody can stand on a board. So that makes it available to a much, much larger audience. And we've, we've not seen the end of, of that uh, development by any, by any stretch. So, um, yeah, more people will play. And that will actually, to, to Stefan's point, uh, you, mankind, has always played games. The oldest games are found before Christ. Uh, you all played Kalaha in Dagis. Uh, and those are some, some of the Mancala family of games. We've always played games. Everybody's played card games. Chess is a thousand years old. Uh, so in five years, maybe not in five years, but in 50 years, we will look back at uh, the late uh, 20th century and think of this period in the cultural history of games when nerds were playing with the computer as an exception because now we're, there's everybody playing together. Mm -hmm. That's the future. That's a very good ending (laughs) note in this. I would like to thank you
0: all for being really part of this creative industry in such a beautiful way, and I think they're all worth a great round of applause. So, Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Polar Talks 2015, which are brought to you in association with SAS Scandinavian Airlines.